Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Here again, the Old Testament reading from Isaiah chapter 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around, and see, they all gather, they come to you. Your sons shall come from afar, and your daughters shall be carried on the hip. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and exult, because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you, and the wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of Median and Ephah. All those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall bring good news, the praises of the Lord. All right. You ready to get into it? Here we go. What does this text mean? What does it mean? Any idea at all? And to even begin to answer this broader question, you have to answer a more specific question. And that is, who is the you in this text? After all, there's a lot of yous to pay attention to. Our text says, your light has come. The glory of Yahweh has risen upon you. Yahweh's glory will be seen upon you. Nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. You get the idea. I won't go through them all. Who is the you? And I think the Sunday school answer comes immediately to mind, doesn't it? We immediately want to thrust up our hand and wave it around. And I go, I know who the you is. Uh, it's Jesus. After all, there are some clues here. Nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. And then the Magi coming and today uh, in Matthew... And yet we have a multitude of camels shall cover you. The young camels of Midian and Ephah, all those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall bring good news, the praises of the Lord. The you is Jesus. It has to be Jesus. Right? No. Not so fast. They are linguistic clues here that the you is a she. Now, I understand pronouns and uh, pronoun trouble and confusion are running rampant these days, but not from Isaiah. So who is the feminine? You in Isaiah's text. Well, I, I did, you didn't have the answer to that question in the reading for today because it cut it off at verse 6. And the answer is in verse 14. Verse 14 reads thusly. The sons of those who afflicted you shall come bending low to you and all who despised you shall bow down at your feet. Still sounds like Jesus to me, right? But then the prophet adds, they shall call you the city of the Lord, the Zion 
of the Holy One of Israel. Yes, Jerusalem, Zion, the city where God dwelt in the temple with his people in a very special way. Uh, He manifested himself there, right? It's a place that God promised to be present and manifest himself uh, in Jerusalem in the Old Testament. That city, that place is a sheep. But in the broader context of Isaiah and in Scripture itself, we also can come to a more nuanced understanding of Zion. And as we have said before, let's just talk about Isaiah. Isaiah gives us a long history, right? We've talked about this. We've been going through Isaiah. A long history of the relationship between God and his people. And Yahweh is ever faithful. He cares for his people whose allegiances and loyalties and affections fade very quickly and who alarmingly, unexpectedly, even disturbingly are are unfaithful in so many ways toward him. But Yahweh, who is ever faithful, will provide one who will be faithful on behalf of Israel, who actually takes his place as one of Israel, who will truly be a light to the nations a righteous servant who will suffer for the sins of the people, justify them, and dwell with them. And Isaiah tells us about a little bit about this servant because we're in the season of Epiphany. Uh, We need to know who this servant is, right? This servant is... Surprisingly, the news about this servant in Isaiah 53 is surprisingly grave. But it's glorious news about his righteous light. So here's what that says, right? And I'm sure you're familiar with this, one of the suffering servant songs from Isaiah. This is who this uh, servant is, this faithful one of Israel. It was the will of Yahweh to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper In his hand, out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. And by his knowledge shall the righteous one, there it is, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous. And he shall bear their iniquities. The light, right? This this servant is the light. He's the righteous one. He's the suffering one who takes the darkness of the whole world upon himself and then shatters them all in his holy brilliance. And we confess today that this Christ, this light is risen. He's righteous, he's risen, he's ascended, and he's glorious. So now we have to go back to our original question, uh, who and what is Zion? We established the she is Zion. What is Zion? Is it Jerusalem? Is it just that one place? Or is it something much broader? Is it where God manifests himself and dwells with his people in a very special way? And the answer is absolutely. Where God dwells with his people in a very special way and has promised to be present. And where two or three gather in uh, Christ's name, that is to publicly worship, hear the word, receive the sacraments as he commands us to do. Christ is present with them.
To simplify it all for you, who is the she? It's Zion. It's where Christ is present and the people who gather around our Lord Jesus. Who is the you in today's text? It's really, it is a place, but it's you, the church, who gather around Christ. The you is you. The church, you. Right? Because Isaiah makes it clear that Zion's people are those whose lives are bound to the suffering servant, which yours was in your baptism. These people are truly God's offspring because they are faithful believers. They're truly Israel because they are accounted righteous for the servant's sake because he will save people from their sins by making those sins his own. The you is you. I don't know if you can remember, I'm old enough to remember, but many years ago, Motel 6, remember Motel 6, had a series of commercials that promised refuge for the weary traveler, right? A home away from home. (laughs) What was their tagline? Do you remember? Yep, I see people mouthing it. We'll leave the light on for you. You know, that light is a beacon of sorts, I guess. Whenever you show up, Motel 6 will welcome you. You'll have a warm, safe place to sleep for the night, right? That's the idea. I don't know if the reality is is what they promise. But we'll leave the light on for you. I probably have a better illustration, but you could all relate to that one. So, as you might imagine, for a pastor and family, uh, December is busy. For someone who works in retail, January is worse. Well, maybe not worse, but it's still just as bad. And so, we would have to wait to go back to St. Louis to see our parents and our family for Christmas. So, it always happened in February. Right? So, it always happened in February. The interesting thing is when we got there, Christmas hadn't gone away. My parents left the decorations up for us. The trees, the lights, all of it. Lent was right around the corner. Neighbors probably thought they were either nuts or lazy. Who knows? Because you have no excuse in St. Louis. There's not snow all the time. Lent was right around the corner, but the message was clear. Welcome home. You didn't miss out on anything. We waited for you. You didn't miss out. You kept the lights on. Maybe that's kind of a good way to think about our place and relationship to God as uh, people of Zion. Right? God is our creator. He's our redeemer. He's our sustainer. He's the source of all we have. A loving, reliable God who welcomes sinners through Christ, brings them back into the glory of His presence, right? gives them a a, a warm, uh, welcoming place to be, a sense of belonging. Because of Jesus, that separation that exists between us and God, of sinful people and a righteous God, it's, it's been taken care of. It's been removed. And... And this is how we were created initially. This was how life was supposed to be. This is truly life. And now we can truly be 
home with the Lord and not worry about having the light on, about being welcomed because of Christ. We can be at home with the Lord. And we're, up with, we're at home with the Lord now, up close and personal, when we gather, two or three gather in his name. We are home with the Lord. We are up close and personal. And with all that brings, right? Again, safety, belonging, comfort, light, life, contentment, joy. We can go on and on and on so much more. Jesus talks about this, right? He talks about the church, as it were, as as a family. Directly, right? It's not an exaggeration. So when Jesus is told that his mother and brothers are looking for him, Jesus replied to the man who told him. And he asks the question. He says, well, who are my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he says, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. And what is the will of God that you believe in him and the one who he has sent? Who is Jesus? The problem is too many people don't really know God. They don't really know the true God. And even those who know him might not embrace him as their true home, right? We spend a lot of way trying to get away from God. We kind of uh, uh, like to compartmentalize our life. And God's maybe a part of it, if we're lucky, uh, one hour a week. Well, that's not a good way to think about it. He is our home. And Jesus made his mission and the church's mission to bring people home through the church and the means of grace. Right? God is our father. The church is our mother. That's often been said by the church fathers. And Jesus commands his church to baptize and to teach and participate in the Lord's Supper, pray all the things that we do. And though we are away from God's visible glory, the light of Christ, indeed Christ himself, always makes his home with his church and her members and invites them to come. As you read the Old Testament today, uh, the, the, the text that we went through, with that understanding that you are the you that the prophet intends, you not only see a bright future, but that the light of Jesus is with you here and now. Right. That you are home now. It's just waiting. It's just waiting for the visible man the full visible manifestation of it. That God is dwelling here among us now. It's a great and great comfort. Our tech, our text today begins with the admonition to rise and shine. And to do so means don't despair. Don't be in a position of desperation and humiliation anymore. That's not who you are. It's much more than a command, too. A biblical scholar, Reed Lessing, says that this word and the way that it's, that it's uh, put forward, arise, shine, uh, constitute a promise. It's not a, an admonition, just only an admonition. But it is a word of life that puts life and light into Zion, right? God's word does what it says. It makes something happen. And why shouldn't it? Why shouldn't it? 
Because we have Christ among us. And in us, through the means of grace, we reflect the light of Christ. God's word does what it says. Arise, shine. Apart from anything that we think, apart from anything we do, apart from anything we say, it's here in Christ Jesus. We are called to faithfulness, to arise and shine, not so that God's kingdom will come, but because it is here. Our light has come and God has shown in our hearts, giving us the illumination of the knowledge of glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. And this light, it's meant for all. God has always called and empowered his people to be a light for others, to shine the light of Jesus. More often than not, we don't do that very well all the time. But when we do hear that, we got to say, oh yeah, i got to make it about my righteousness. And that's good. I'm not telling you not to follow. <laughs> Trust me, I'm not telling you not to follow God's law or to follow the impulse of the Spirit. But we want to make it about our own righteousness. But it's, it is all about Jesus. We're right there. People will come because that is the light. He is the light. Right? The you is the you. He is the light. We are to reflect that light because God's word gives us that light. God's spirit gives us that light. And people will come. Yahweh's pledge to bring people back to himself rings throughout the scriptures, doesn't it? As Israel was wants to be a light for the Gentiles, and there's a switch, uh, the Gentiles will now point others to the true light of Israel. Isn't that something? Where Gentiles once carried God's people off into captivity, they will now bring them home. Not because of anything that they do, but because of what God has promised to do among them through His church. See? So I want you to, to just hear this glorious promise, and I want you to think about all of this. Internalize it. So let's read it again. Let's read Isaiah 60 again, the glorious message about God's light, the light of Christ among you and in you. Let's hear Isaiah's words about you and the light that is yours, this epiphany. Let us remember that Christ is our light, our glory, our life, our riches, our home. And he is with us. So do not despair. That's what this is about. Now listen to it. The you is you. Arise, shine. For your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will be seen upon you. And then it gets interesting. And nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see they all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar. Your daughters carried on the hip. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and exult because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. You all, Zion. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you. The young camels of Midian and Ephah and those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall bring good news, the praises of the Lord. You know, when we think about this, Doesn't it change your perspective? I hope it does. I hope that this message and the message of our Lord and the revealing that we'll have in this season 
will truly be an epiphany, not only for you personally, but for those around you. And God will make it so. Arise and shine. Dear Zion, amen. May the peace which transcends all human understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.